0: listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Without further ado, Pat Leonard joins us. You see his work all over the daily news and was the first to report that Kadarius Toney uh, is on the trade. What would we call it? The trading shelf on the, uh, a, a dangling carrot. How, how would we phrase it, Pat?
0: Yeah, they're trying to trade him, shopping him on the block, whatever you want to say. There
1: you go, yeah. on the block, like, like, yeah. like Jenny, on the block.
0: It, exactly
1: exactly <laughs> all right so me. oh no hey thank you for joining us on on a sunday morning really do appreciate it oh okay so so let's what do we what do we know what do we know about Kadarius Tony right like um you know they they Gettleman drafts him last year 20th overall right traded down got him uh, and last year a lot of injuries tested positive for covid more than twice for whatever reason wearing the wrong shoes now he doesn't show up to voluntary OTAs and you've got a new staff, which I feel it really would be important that he's there. I understand general managers and coaches want to say the right thing. So they don't want to uh, you know, tick off uh, the player or, or the agent, but nonetheless. And, but one thing that really stands out to me, Pat, is the fact that he does not have a playbook yet. To me, that's the biggest thing and the biggest red flag oh, that's been, that's been reported. So why don't you break it down for us? Uh, how do the Giants feel about him and, 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 and what you can tell us in regard to him potentially being traded?
0: Yeah, no, you, you provided a good summary there, and you're right. But not having a playbook is a major issue. Part of the reason is because last year playbook was an issue for him, and he had it, but when he was spending all that time in the spring out because of a toe injury because he wore the wrong cleats and uh, having COVID and when he was he had the hamstring. The Giants coaches were saying that he, knew, that he knew the plays and he would be fine once he got healthy. He did not. He was not in his playbook as much as he needed to be. That was something that did not become clear, really, until later in the year. Um, but given that work ethic and study habits on that front was an issue a year ago and that it's already becoming one now, I mean, it really reflects that anything he should have learned he did not there were some issues too similar like work ethic wise in the wide receiver room last year just as far as simple things paying attention you know staying committed eyes up to you know type stuff that you just shouldn't have to do with a player um and like you said about all the injuries i mean he was basically like a game of operation last year when you look at around his body things that got hurt now it's football so that happens but i can just tell you i mean there were a lot of giants players playing through a lot more serious things than what was sending him to the locker room for a quarter or a half or keeping him off the field. And so these were a lot of different issues where coming out of the draft last year, obviously he had some, we want to call them red flags in the scouting reports, but I actually went to pretty great lengths to try and figure out what exactly the deal was with him coming out of Florida. And it seemed like some of the things he was involved in or connected to he was kind of being painted with too broad a brush. He deserved a chance. You know, it wasn't as serious as it looked, even though it was something to pay attention to, but I really felt like the giants and, and I, from what I could tell, talking to people around him, recognized that he seemed like a kid who loved football and just needed to be in the right environment. But, you know, there's, there's a difference between like somebody thriving in a good environment and structure and needing to hold their hand. Right. and, the fact that he didn't even come up here for one day, I mean, you know, Anita, like these guys in the offseason, when it's voluntary, you might pop up to New York for a weekend, go out on a Friday night, pick up your playbook, meet the new staff, say, hey, I'll be back next week, I got some stuff to take care of, and everybody would understand that. So, the uh, the fact that he hasn't been present once, coming off of some of those issues I described last year and that you listed very well as well, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's very talented, right? So, if you're Daniel Jones, you got to be pulling your hair out right now because Kadarius <laughs> is one of the only elite talents, you know, in the word as as the word goes on the football field, who could help you in this make make or break year as a quarterback. But you know, I think Joe Shane and the Giants are doing the right thing uh, by by looking to trade a player who so far is not demonstrating that his commitment to football and the Giants supersedes other things.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at at the depth chart right now in regards to this wide receiving core, and we know the amount of money that the Giants and Gettleman shelled out for Kenny Galladay, but stuff that I heard prior to him being in in Detroit um, on a lot of levels is hugely concerning. So not sure how well he's going to rebound even coming into this year. Sterling Shepard can't stay healthy. We know he deals with migraines. Uh, as, as we're talking about Kadarius Toney potentially being traded. I am excited about Ricky Seals-Jones. I, I do like him, but he's never really you know, been a, a tight end one in the NFL. He's always come in for an injured tight end, and he's delivered. Could this be the year? But yeah, for Daniel Jones, who this has to be the year that he has to ball out to prove to the Giants organization that, uh, that he's worthy of consideration to be the quarterback uh, of, of the future – Th- this this is, this is this is this is this is not a lot to work with uh, that's for sure
0: no no and that's why you know Joe Shane I, I understand why he's saying we're going to compete while building for the future because in the NFL nowadays that's really the only thing you can do with a short clock that GM's and coaches especially coaches really have to try to get a program turned around but obviously as you just uh, listed uh, very very well like you look at the roster and what they have and what they need Is it realistic to think, especially when you're getting rid of a talented player like this, but like I said, I I think it's the right thing to do based on the situation, but is it realistic to think that you're going to be able to put it all together and compete in year one of this when everything else, you know, taking calls on Saquon Barkley, making calls on Kadarius Toney, expected to trade James Bradbury, you know, even possibly looking to trade back in the NFL draft to get more draft picks, it might be for this year. It might be for next year, you know, so everything points to a rebuild, which is what it is, but that doesn't say a lot for maybe what Jones might be able to accomplish now.
1: Again, Pat Leonard joining us here on 98.70 SPN. Okay. So, so now we've, we've kind of, we've discussed all the reasons why the giants would want to trade Kadarius Tony. Um, let's talk about the potential landing spots in places for him. Um, what are you hearing? What are some of the teams like, you know, I, I know, you know, I've, I've been following you and I've been following this on social media. Uh, I, you know, the Patriots have been named out there as a team that would be interested. What are some, what are some of the teams that you think or that, you know, have called and inquired about Tony with, uh, with the giants?
0: Well, I could only really speak to fit. Um, you know, I know the, you know, the Kansas city chiefs are a team that needs receivers who, I could see Tony, you know, running up 250 yards in a game in that offense, right? Um, And that's a team that's been looking at wide receivers in the draft, especially having a lot of people in for visits. So when a guy like Tony comes available, I think that's one you have to kind of check the box and say fit and interest would seem to match up here. Um, Here's one thing I would couch Anita: The the interesting thing about this situation is the Giants – you know, what What can they get for a player when the only reason they're obviously trading him is off-field issues that other teams are going to have to deal with if they acquire him? So that due diligence has to occur. That could affect trade price, et cetera. The Patriots, they make sense. I mean, you know, uh, Joe Judge is there on the offensive side of the ball, was here when they drafted him. However, they, they have a lot of money invested in uh, receivers there from going back to last year, you know, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Johnny Smith at the tight end position. Not that Tony couldn't help them, uh, but are they interested in investing more resources in a player like that? That would depend probably on, obviously, on Belichick, but also on maybe what Judge tells them, whether or not he believes that it's worth it to help them right now. Um, and, you know, and you, you, know you, you look around the league, I mean, he could help a lot of teams. I mean, you can't expect the Giants to trade him in division, uh, but he could help a team like the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, he could help a team in the West, like whether if the Seattle Seahawks make a move off of somebody. Um, I don't think the Rams can fit another contract, but they're always looking to upgrade and not afraid of taking a guy on that they feel like they can um, assimilate in a productive way. So those are some of the things I would look at. But, um, you know, even the, even the Green Bay Packers, um, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it but <laughs> for their purposes, but that's a team that, is in the wide receiver market and has the quarterback and just needs guys who can win one on ones. And when Tony's on the field, which is not very often, but when he's on the field, you know, he can undress defensive backs in one on one coverage, let's be honest. So that would be some
1: place to look as well. Uh, and, and, you know, it, let's say uh, if the Giants do trade uh, Kadarius, Tony, what are some of the wide, what are some of the wide receivers that might be available towards the end of the the first rounds? I'm hearing amazing things about Burks wide receiver from Arkansas. I've had a few scouts tell me that they feel that he's the best slot receiver in this draft and, and also could be utilized big time in special teams.
0: Oh, he's a complete stud. And I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw him in some of his biggest games, you know, against the best competition, even when he was dealing with some injuries, Really dominating at times, and I love I love the kid. Um, you know, I would love to have him on my team. I know a guy that constantly comes up when I'm talking to people around the league is Sky Moore, uh, the wide receiver from Western Michigan, I believe. Um, Sky Moore is a guy who, throughout the process, has just been skyrocketing on boards. You know, I think he was he was viewed at first as like a mid-second rounder. And now people expect him to go in the first. I mean, the Giants obviously have the two first at five and seven, and then their next pick is 36 in the second. Moore's probably not there then. Uh, but, you know, Shane sounded at his pre-draft press conference eager to continue fielding calls on potential trade backs. I don't think it's crazy to think that the, the a very likely scenario in the draft is for him to make a pick at five and then try to trade seven back and that could mean acquiring a couple extra picks in this draft. It could mean a pick this draft and a pick next draft. Uh, But in that scenario, too, Sky Moore, I know Jahan Dotson from Penn State, the smaller slot guy, but especially if you think the Giants, if the Giants do quickly here complete a trade and move on from Kadarius Toney, yes, they have Sterling Shepard, but, again, a a quick receiver, um, you know, someone who has, has really not dropped any passes at all coming out of a program that's sending more and more productive NFL players in the NFL. That's another player to watch. And I know kind of a later round guy, Samori Torre um, out of Nebraska is a guy that keeps coming up that the Giants and Jets both have called on. Um, he was an FCS standout at Montana and had two touchdowns in the shrine game uh, this year, kind of put himself even more on people's radar. Those are some names to watch out for, but you're making a good point here is that th- this is a good receiver class. It's not a great draft class in general, but receiver is one of the few positions where not only are there good talent at the top, but it's also deep. And so if the Giants are offloading Kadarius, they certainly will have an opportunity to replace that player.
1: You know, again, Pat Leonard joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, the, the Giants coming into this draft with a lot of draft capital. And as we're talking about the potential of trading Kadarius Toney, uh, as well as Bradbury, could gain more draft picks as well. Uh, with that being said, you know, who, who, who do, I, do you see Bradbury being dealt as well um, next week? Like, wh- who are some of the other players that we should keep an eye on that you feel potentially will not be on this roster uh, after next weekend?
0: Yes, I think I expect Bradbury to get traded. Though I've talked to some people at this point, people think it's more likely he gets traded after the draft uh, because teams are so zeroed in right now on, okay, if we haven't finished, completed something like that by now, you know, we're looking at how can we fill our needs in the draft. You know, it just gets to that time. Now, it's certainly possible that a team just recognizes through a few days leading up to the first round and second round. They might discover, oh, the corner we thought we were going to get isn't there and then call the Giants back and say, you know what, we want to just get this done. But I know some people think that, you know, yeah, during the draft's possible, but more likely after the draft. Like I reported at the owners' meetings that the uh, Texans, Chiefs, and Colts were teams to watch on Bradbury, and I still believe those are the teams to watch or or know the teams to watch, actually. Um, Houston's one that really interests me there, you know. Lovey Smith has been on the record saying how badly they need corners recently. Um, you know, Nick Casario has a reputation in the NFL right now, a positive one for being willing to take or make a phone call to investigate all possibilities. You know, that's something Joe Shane is establishing quickly. He will do now. Um, and he's somebody to watch. I mean, Houston has a pick at three. They have a pick at 13 in the first round. They are further along, they think you know, in a rebuild that the Giants are kind of just starting out on. But so that, you know, the veteran presence of a Bradbury, does that make sense or not? But I know that there's interest there. And if the price matches up, depending on what the Giants eat money-wise and what they can negotiate there. But, yes, I expect Bradbury to be traded. Uh, I know. So they're looking into trading Tony. And Shane is also looking into possibly trading back. And he took calls this offseason on Saquon Barkley. No no stone unturned by the new GM so far.
1: Really quick, Pat, because I only have about a minute left here. Uh, Just out of curiosity, I'm hearing that the Giants are definitely going to trade back one of their two picks. Um, I'm sure Giants fans would like for that to be the seven. If they get a a deal that that totally, uh, you know, um, knocks their heels off, uh, then then it could be the five. Uh, And also, I'm hearing that it potentially could be the Saints or the Steelers. Are you hearing the same thing?
0: Yes, in fact, I was, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth at the Saints there with picks 16 and 19. It might depend what which pick they trade is going to depend on what happens in front of them. The Panthers at six. The Panthers, a lot of people think, want to tackle. So maybe the Giants take the tackle, either Evan Neal or Charles Cross. I think, I don't think Neal will be there, but those, those two are names to watch at five. And then maybe they still stay at seven and get like a sauce Gardner. Gardner could be in play at five, though, if they think they can trade back and still get uh, a tackle that they like in the teams. Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan is a guy to keep an eye on there. Um, you know, so, and then the edge rushers as well. Like if Kayvon Thibodeau falls to five, maybe he becomes the pick even over a tackle, depending on what they think the Panthers are going to do, if the Panthers trade out. Um, so a lot of needs, you could ar- make an argument for them to go in a lot of different directions, but I think you're on the money with the fact that a trade back feels more likely uh, coming closer to the draft.
1: Fantastic, Pat. Thank you so much again. Really, you do appreciate your time on this Sunday, uh, this Sunday morning. Um, uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Funday, my friend.
0: You too, Anita. Thank you.
1: You got it, Pat Leonard. You can see all his work uh, at the Daily News. Again, uh, the first one to report uh, that Kadarius Tony uh, was uh, is on the trading block.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.